Hey everyone, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, where two great friends recap romance novels while interrogating their feels and doing all the squeals. We've got a whole passel of new folks I want to welcome to the HB Patreon fam. I'm so happy to have you, Teresa S., Karen VM, Liesel, Amy ZC, Kyle R, Cassie A, Jamie B, and Greta S. Ooh! I hope you love all the extra content. And then, here's a huge virtual hug and big giant love to some longtime patrons, Kristen B, Kathleen, Hannah, Heather H, Caitlin R, and Jennifer G. Speaking of Patreon, oh my actual goddess, I had the best time at our watch party for Red, White, and Royal Blue. So first of all, the movie is absolutely astounding. Like, they managed to capture the book to perfection. And then being able to, like, experience it with a ton of HBs and discuss it afterward made the experience, like, even better. Leagues better. So thank you to everyone who came. You really made it so special. And then for everyone who couldn't make it, the video of our watch party will be going up on Patreon this week. So get stoked about that. You'll get all our in-the-moment reactions and everything else. But now we've got a recap that's been a long time coming. Meredith joined me to chat about A Lady Awakened by Cecilia Grant. Here we go. Okay, I have to tell you how I've been a criminal lately. Please do. It's all in the name of gardening, you know? Yes, your new obsession. Yeah, I feel like there's there's some leeway to be had as a result. Okay. And I'm not completely a criminal because I did ask permission on a couple of occasions. Um, But I've been like driving around town, seeing all of these gorgeous bushes and stuff and being like, I haven't seen that color of a butterfly bush in any of the places I've been or Uh online stores I've been to and all that kind of thing. And like, look at that panicle hydrangea. I feel like I have the perfect spot for it. And I learned what a crepe myrtle is Uh recently because I drove by one. And so I have been pulling over to the side of the road and absconding with cuttings. They're currently propagating in my office. They're they're root. I've got some rooting hormone uh-huh. on them. And I'm very excited about it. Listen, all of them were on public property-ish. Public property-ish. Public, yeah, like like in front of a restaurant or okay. like in front of a YMCA. You know? Sure. And like I didn't take big ones or whatever. Sure. You couldn't even notice. However, the butterfly bush, that was on firmly private property. And so I was the crazy person who, after I dropped my kids off at camp, I went and I knocked on this poor person's door and I said, hello, you have a beautiful butterfly bush. Can I be a maniac and take some of it? (laughs) They were like, yes, fellow gardener, please. Right off into the sunset. Fellow gardeners do tend to be like, (laughs) please take this. I find that plant people um, are like, there's a couple of crazy 
types of plant people who like mm. will pay several hundred dollars for a plant and then like yes. guard it religiously. But then there's other plant people that are like, this plant just keeps growing. Please take some, take some, take some, take yeah, some. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Like, everybody in the entire county like has spider plants that were like originally like one right, person. Right, right, right. Like plant people are kind of awesome that way. I yeah. have some Tradescandia, which I think is how you pronounce it. Like the, the mm -hmm. long sort of dangly purple flower it's very pretty or leaf it's very pretty um Ooh. that like was from a plant my sister-in-law bought like four summers ago and like just kept Yay. growing so we just like gave it a haircut and then like stuck a bunch in water and like now i have a whole bunch plants are yeah great. plants are the best and actually that's been one of my favorite um like move-in gifts recently uh -huh is like herbs from my garden and then just cuttings of plants yeah. that I have. If I know they're like quasi plant people at the very least, yeah. you know, I'm not going to foist plants upon someone, but yeah, it's just like, Ooh, they're the best. I love plants. Yeah. When we bought our house, I texted like the listing to my sister and she was like, "Ah, oh, that house looks amazing. I can't wait for you to fill it with books and plants. And I have yes. done that. Like you can see right there books and you yep. can see right there plants like it, yep. they're just everywhere. And it makes me really happy. Absolutely. Yeah. So sometimes you have to be uh, mildly criminal. But sure. I think it's worth it. I mean, frankly. Like, if it makes the world a better place, can it be wrong? I don't know. Yeah. You want to know for who... a different podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know who would not approve oh my God. of my Martha would Martha. very much not approve. Martha would murder me. She would. She would make you go back to that restaurant and back to that YMCA and hand them the cutting back and apologize. Yeah. Yeah, completely. She would. And and like, uh, oh, my God, 40 lashes, I feel like. Yeah. I would, would never be, be welcome in her presence no. again. Oh, God. Martha is a stickler. She is. Melody, I have a question. Did you like book? <gasps> I loved book, but I feel real weird about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm excited to talk about this. Listener, we're talking about... A book that I like to call A Lady Awakens in a Probably Sexual Manner, Unsure Question Mark. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was going to be straightforward, and then it was more complicated than that. It was way more complicated than that, but it felt like everybody, like, ended up on the same page. Yeah. You know? But it took a weird way to get there, I feel it like. It did. It did. Okay. So this is A Lady Awakened by Cecilia Grant. This is a five-star recommendation that we've had on the list since 2019. And somehow it hadn't gotten, you know, onto the podcast. But during one of our Patreon author hangs or whatever, yeah. we were just hanging out a little bit during it. And Patricia was like, yeah, I recommended A Lady Awakened and be like for this reason. And I was like, oh, well, that means that it's going on the next list. Like... Patricia yeah. gets what she wants, Fact. honestly. Yes. Say it to my face. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have weird feelings about this book, but I loved it. It made me cry yeah. for the first time in a while. I haven't had like big feelings mm. about big angsty feelings yeah. about a book in a minute. Oh, man. It was one of those books where I wasn't sure how it was going to resolve because it seemed like what each party wanted was going to be really like 
you cannot have both of those things right like right like and I really like books like that because a lot of times you're like yeah okay but like you know what's gonna happen that's and I think that's why I had big angsty feelings for the first time in a while because I truly didn't know what they were gonna do I will also say the writing style reminded me a lot of queen of historicals Mary Balog oh mary balak blurred this book did she i oh, believe so i think okay. it's on the cover yeah and I like i got it on kindle <laughs> so i probably didn't look at it but the writing style reminded me very much of mary balog's in a way that i don't know that i can explain but i really like because i like mary's writing a lot yeah same um, here so if you're into that which i cannot explain any further uh, you'll probably well, like this. I think this book. one of the reasons is because, like the 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 speaking style is so specific, yes. and like she captures what I assume is like the old timey speaking style. In that, like the heroine will only refer to herself as one, like one will not do X, Y, and Z, right. or like one would like to do a schmurderer. But it didn't get in the way of my enjoying the book at all. Yeah, and it was it had that like very formal like. Everybody was always Mr. or Mrs., regardless of mm-hmm. how long they knew each other. Like, I think mm-hmm. she might have referred to him by his given name twice. Oh, yeah. And it was hesitant book. both times. Yeah. So it just has that, like, sort of formality that Mary Balog's writing has a lot. I don't know. I, I really liked the writing and the storytelling and the way the story was told. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've never seen this premise before. Because no. ev- at all ever, because no. even though the and heroine I is, I've seen every single historical that same exist. Same. I was like, it's not sex lessons. It's not like it, it was. Yeah, it, it's a whole new thing. Um, and like, if you have more wrecks like this, let a bitch know because it it puts some wrinkles in it that I really enjoyed and yeah. haven't. Yeah. So the heroine is a very upstanding like principled she calls herself person but she's put in this impossible situation because she was married 10 months ago and her like alcoholic we find out mildly terrible husband has fallen off a horse and broken his neck and died suddenly and his whole thing was like i need a fucking heir he had a wife for 10 years before that never got an heir and he's been just plugging away at her Trying to get her pregnant the whole time they've been married. And we find out later in the book that there's like a dastardly brother that's set to inherit. And mm. and throughout the book, there's like more and more reasons why this person shouldn't inherit. He like mm-hmm. got several of the maids in trouble when he was a kid there. He's like cruel. He's abusive. Like, yeah. And we find out like fairly late in the book that the husband knew that. Like he knows that his brother is a terrible person and that's why he so badly wants an heir so that his brother doesn't inherit, Mm -hmm. which added Mm -hmm. like a really weird, interesting twist of like, is she actually doing what her husband would have wanted? Like, would he have? Yeah, Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. But the husband like doesn't put anything in the will to like make it so if he doesn't have an heir, there's a way to circumvent the brother. Like it's not going to happen. And she gets sort of fucked. Like. She gets yeah. like a thousand pounds and that's it. Like no he, house, no living. Nothing. Like he invested most of her dowry. That's um, the one. So like she's only getting like 10% of that back. I guess traditionally like she was supposed to get 
most or all of it back. Yeah, mo- more sure. of it back. So, but it's gone because he invested it badly. Right. And Dumbass. so the book opens. They're talking with the solicitor. And he's like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, you basically have nothing. And her brother's like, this is an outrage. How dare? Blah, blah, blah. And she's just sitting there like very demurely. Her back mm-hmm. very, very straight. I mean, like, yeah, I could be upset about this, but like, it's not going to accomplish anything. So, like, what are we going to do? Wow. Things I cannot, like, cannot even imagine right. feeling in that moment. <laughs> yeah. So, the solicitor's like, yeah. So, like, unfortunately, it's just going to the brother unless there's a heir. And she's and she, currently on her period. Right. And she's, she's like, like, that's not going to. Oh, wait a minute. Is there an heir? <laughs> And she goes, well, I'll let you know, even though she knows that's not a thing. Right. She's a missus. There's not like, she's not a duchess or whatever. She's just like a Mm. regular lady, um, part of the landed middle class, whatever. So they have tenants and she feels like a really strong responsibility towards her tenants and towards her servants. Her staff. She like managed to get like all of their roofs replaced she's trying to champion a school like she just has this really strong sense of like moral justice and i'm in this community this position in order to take care of those who have less than me and who are of a lower social station than me Mm -hmm. and i need i need to stay here so -hmm. that i can continue to do these things like if i leave the school's not going to happen like all of these things so she and her maid sheridan start to talk yeah sheridan's a little something something if you know what she's I mean. you know she'll make things work is what she'll do yeah she will and so they start talking and she's like what do you know about mr james russell the person who's going to inherit and very quickly sheridan's like all i've heard is that when he was here he did capital r rape two maids get them pregnant ruin them and then just fire them right. so like He's a predator is what I've heard. Right. And so then they're talking about like, what, what could she do? Because she has to have an heir. And Sheridan's like, I have heard ladies manage to get pregnant post death and then carry on with the estate. I don't know. Could, could you do something like that? You know, you could also maybe find a woman who got in trouble and, you know, maybe just raise her babe like they're yeah, just maybe like, do pillow times and then yeah. do take that baby when it's born i don't and know thankfully martha's like well, i don't know how i feel about that yeah <laughs> i don't want to take some other lady's baby away that makes me feel a little gross but like let's yeah let hmm, is there like a person in this neighborhood who can maybe help with option and the cool thing is that that morning at church, there was a very good looking, very tall man who walked in and promptly fell asleep in the pew. And so she's judging him hard. hard. And then he wakes up and makes eye contact with her and like gives her this like dopey sex smile. And then I like, think she describes it as like the kind of smile that one would expect to see upon waking up next one's lover in the morning uh-huh. or something like that. Like it was just like really lovely and very inappropriate for church. She is yes. scandalized. And, a and he intrigued. very quickly like comes to his senses and is like, well, I'm a proper man sitting at church. I'm I, everything's cool. And then fucks off immediately yeah. as soon as the sermon's over. So she's asking around about him, and it turns out he's this 26-year-old eldest son of a baron. Oh, we should say, Martha's what? 21. 
by the way. She's 21 years old in her body? I forgot that constantly. She is 65 in her soul. Easily. Easily 65. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. She's the stodgiest, curmudgeoniest lady. I love her. Same. (laughs) But like, wow, girl. Yeah. She's She's never had a youthful whims. Yeah. Never. In her life. She came out of the womb 65 years old and grumpy. Absolutely. Well, actually, that's probably not true. When she was like seven or 10. Like her her childhood, we find out, was bad. But like she was raised by a governess who Mm -hmm. liked to tie her to a board so her posture would be correct. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like any youthful spirit was doused out pretty, pretty good. Anyways, she's 21. So we didn't say that. And I feel like it's right. Yeah, absolutely. So he gets, um, he is, has been banished to this lower holding of this baronet because he's like spending too much money and he's drinking too much and he's fucking too much. And like, he's just too much. Right. He's going to get his shit together or he's not coming back to London. His dad says in a much more hoity way than I just did. Correct. But basically like, yeah, she's like, oh, there's a wastrel nearby. Who I might wants be able to money? Yeah, who I needs money? Kind of have. Oh, so, so she sends him a card, a widow's card. All right, she goes. That's to not call proper. On him very early in the morning, and her husband's been dead for like five seconds. He's looking at this card, being like, "What kind of human is this that would disregard propriety?" Like he's like, "This is very inappropriate." It's which is bananas. Right? Yeah. And so because of that, he's like talking to his land agent and Who when I he gets this also, card, by the way, love, love the land agent. Cannot remember his name. Love Granville him, or something. Yeah, that sounds right. And he has to impress this dude because this is the dude right. who's reporting back to his dad. And Granville's all about like delivering basically lectures on like his responsibilities as a landowner and like. He's like talking about how he boarded up windows so he didn't have to pay as much window tax. And Theo, the the guy, is just like, "What are you even? Ta- I don't. Yeah, care. I love like, open windows. Supposed to? Why would you like, ever do that? Right. And the, and Granville's like recommending this like incredibly boring book. And Theo, we find out, is like a hands on person. He's not like a books right. person. So right, he is miserable. Yes, and. The land agent is like, I don't think in this case it would be improper to call on her because she just did a bunch of, like, improvements on her property recently. She redid a bunch of cottage roofs and shit. And I think you would have a lot to talk about were you to, you know, pay her some company. And he's like, I guess. So he goes over there. He's announced and she's, like, putting on her big girl pants. And she's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do an indecent proposal on him. Yes. With two different kinds of cake. Oh, my God. Which any indecent proposal should have at least two kinds of cake. As far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. So he is sitting there and she's like, so I bet in a like a person in your position would be really, really tempted to go to Brighton, wouldn't they? Don't you think you could find some, you know, uh, distractions in Brighton? And he's like, I like, yeah, I guess, but also she's supposed to be really proper. And is she reporting back to Granville? And like, do like, how am I supposed to play this? And then finally, she's like, but I bet you just don't have money, though, probably. Right. And he's like, wow, that yeah. wow. 
okay ma'am you've been gossiping about me which i do not appreciate i know which is hilarious because he'll very very soon realize that that is literally the opposite of her whole deal yes lady doesn't like confide in anyone no. and she, later on in the book she literally says i don't give off like the confide the confiding sort of vibes um you it's know what funny. my favorite part of this book was tell me everything when she realized that he sent callers <gasps> so she could have friends oh my god i lost it same so same good. all right oh we're my getting god ahead of yeah ourselves, so we are we are he is like how about you just say what you're going to say? Because, like, I'm not the kind of person that's here for subtlety. Like, please come right out with it. And she's like, cool. I would like to hire you. I would like to have a child. I have exactly one month to do this. I will pay mm-hmm. you a quarter of the amount of dollars she was supposed to get from her widow's portion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's a son, I'll give you fully the other three quarters. Right. She's gambling all of her dollars on this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's like, huh? He's he's like, I can't. But he almost spits out his tea. He's like, I cannot believe this. He starts coming up with reasons. He's like, I don't want to, like, get a baby with you. And then if it's a girl, you're just fucked and you have no money. And she's like, oh, don't worry about that. Like, I'm provided for in the will. And, like, I'll go live with my brother or whatever. And he's like, why don't you do that now? She looks at him dead in the face and she says, because I do not choose to do that. Period. The end. Oh, my God. So he's trying to come up for reasons why not. And she's like, all of those reasons are moot. I've got it covered. I really just need you to, like, give me seed is what she says constantly. What they are both saying constantly. I hated it a lot. Oh, my God. I kind of loved it by the end. I was fully, fully turned around. Pavlov's dogged me. Towards the end, it (laughs) felt like it became a little bit more of a joke. Yeah. Like, not necessarily between them, but, like, between the author and us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah. So, and he was like, well, do you want to do this, like, right now? And she's like, yes, actually, I would. And he was like. (gasps) Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Also, he's like, okay, uh, really quick, though. So, what I'm hearing you say is you want to hire me to be your whore. And, she's and she like, goes, well, I wouldn't say that. It's really more of a stud situation. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's like, do you want to start right away? And she's like, yes, I'm going to go through that door and then you'll come in 20 minutes later. And she just leaves. And he's like, OK, guess we're guess we're doing this now. Yeah. And he realizes that, like, the way she was talking to him the whole time, the way that she was, like, leaning over slightly to to present a tiny bit of cleavage was, she, like, like, a thing she was doing. She, like, left off her little scarf situation, <gasps> which she, like, is never without. And he realizes that, like, the whole thing was, like, her trying to be seductive, which she's terrible yeah, at. Terrible at it. It works for him, though, I'll tell you that much. It does. Because he, like, has this thing about, like, stern women. <gasps> and so I he's thought... like, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I really thought that this was going to be leaned into a tiny bit more, but I feel like that's like book two of their relationship, you know? Yeah, like there's that one little bit, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he loves the way that she's talking to him, and he's like, I bet that she could just put me in my place when I'm being bad. And I would (laughs) like that to happen, please. And I would love to be bad. So he goes back there and he tries to be like sexy about it. He's like, so what do you like? Can I look at you? I'm going to tweak a nipple a tiny bit. And she's like that. All of that is unnecessary. 
unless it's going to allow you to prepare. And he's like, prepare? Like, ma'am, a slight breeze and I'm hard. We're good there. He is 26. (laughs) Yeah. Let's remember. Like, he can go however many times you want. Right. But he's like, will you turn over? And she's like, I, well, I absolutely will not do that. We will not be doing things she that way. She says, I did not authorize anything out of the ordinary. <laughs> and he says, don't worry. We'll, we'll have sex face to face like Christians. I just want to see your backside. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And so he's like, let's do like, where do you like to be touched? Is it your neck? Is it your ear? You know, do you want whatever. Me to kiss on you. Do you want? And she's like. No, none of the above. None of it. And she's like, I just want you to get in here and get it done. And he's like, I mean, don't, but shouldn't you be like, shouldn't you be prepared? And she's like, I feel like, you know, you can do it either way. So like, let's just do that. And he's like, but why do you want me to do that? That sounds terrible. (laughs) And she's just like, I want nothing. I am here for your seed. And so that's what you're going to give me. And that's all. And so he's like, I guess I'll, like, get up on her or whatever. Yeah. And so he starts, He he's like, I guess I've got enough pre-cum to, like, be wet enough. And then he just starts pumping and shuddering into her. And she's just a brick wall the whole time. Doesn't Is this move. the part where she, afterwards she goes, five, yes. five groans and four moans and she mm-hmm. had what she wanted or something like uh-huh. that? And then in the quiet, she's like, is that regular? And he's like, what do you mean by regular? And she's like, well, I mean, like, you know, how long it lasted. Is that regular or does it normally take you longer? And he's like, if you, ma'am, you said you wanted a quick and dirty. If you wanted a marathon, you should have asked for a marathon. She's like, no, 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 no. No, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, she's always talking about her late husband and how he would just, like, labor over her and sweat on her and grunt on her yeah. and, like, forever and ever and ever until he finally came. Oh, sounds yeah, terrible. So he leaves and is feeling, yeah. like, kind of conflicted. He's like, I don't actually know oh. if... I'm on board with what just happened. Like, I'm yeah. feeling a little gross about it. Uh-huh. But she's paying me. Yeah, like, I guess she's the one who's, like, gonna define the terms. And if that's what she wanted, I don't understand it. But, like, I can do it, I guess. Yeah. So then she gets all of her household together and she has a meeting with them being like, I understand the danger you're in. Here's the situation that I am in. If I find out that I am pregnant, legitimately, she tells them. She doesn't tell them that, but she doesn't say anything otherwise. Right. So, like, Sheridan's in on this, but nobody yes. else. Right. Right. And so she's like, if I can stay, you all obviously have a place here. But if you don't want to take that chance and you want to find employment before that, you let me know and I will help you find a place. I will give you the best recommendations. Like, I want to make sure everybody here is okay. Right. And she actually says, I want you all to know where my allegiances lie. Yeah. And like, it's with you women and yes, the tenants. The women supporting women in this book was incredible. Chills. So Chills. just, oh my gosh, it was so good. That was like a solidly consistent theme throughout the entire book. And it was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. one of the things I really liked is that Martha 
she's been trying to start this school with the mm. the pastor, the the curate, curate. Mr. Yeah, Atkins, yeah, yeah. the curate at the local church. And so she's like had to figure out how to convince the families to send their sons to this school. And she also yeah. really wants the girls to go to school, but yeah. she has to figure out how to convince all these parents to send their girls to school. Cause like, why would you educate girls? That's nonsense. That's silly. And the argument that she comes up with is that educated men, you know, merchants and shop owners aren't going to want to marry stupid women. They're going to want right. to marry somebody they can have a conversation with. Mm -hmm. And so your girls need to learn how to read and they need to be educated so that they can attract these higher status men. Mm -hmm. Because there's not a whole lot of farming work anymore. Right. A lot so of it's being is, taken over by like automation. The part in England where like farming drastically decreasing, people are moving to the city, people are working in mills, people are working right. in factories, et cetera. And so she's like, listen, this life that you have that you were sort of like guaranteed that your parents have before mm -hmm. you it's not going to be there and if you want your daughters to be in a better situation they have to be educated so they can attract that class of, yeah. of men which i kind of love so smart as a sneaky, so savvy like way to get the girls educated yeah because like it yeah. was very much just like looking out for their best interests and we also find out that like what she's wanting for them is what she wants. She wants a relationship where her mind is, yeah, is appreciated and and she like and valued above all else, really. Right. And she like Theo keeps like whispering sweet nothings in her ears, like "Oh, your skin is like silk and your blob." And she's mm -hmm. like, "But like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care like, about that. Like, ask me my opinions about some." Uh huh. I love it the whole time. <laughs> the whole time, it's great. Yeah, she's like, I would say. Like, I was trying to figure it out, and I think, I, I can't remember what it's called, but there is a type of sexuality that's most turned on by, like, intellectual things. It is sapiosexual. Thank and you. And I know that because of the amazing Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie, The Lost City. That's which, right. If you have not seen, listener, <gasps> you need to go watch. You have to. It's you have to. It's so, so good. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's like, I think, a cross between sapiosexual and demisexual because yes. she needs she needs teamwork and like she needs to be valued on a heart level and a mind level or and like needs, it's dry. She needs to be able to like respect her partner and know her partner. Yeah. And, and she tells him at once, like, there's nothing to admire about you. It's like, <gasps> I don't want to like. Oh, my God. So I think I have weird feelings about this book because I I spent the first third of it being like fucking pissed off and offended on his behalf yes you know like there are so many times when she just looks him dead in the face and she's like you're wasting your life and there's nothing to admire about you why would i find you sexy right and and like there were a couple of times when later on in the book she says like i need to i need to admire the man that i'm with and he like finishes the sentence for her and then there's this pause because i read it in audio there's this pause and i was I my reaction would have been, and why don't you admire me then? Yeah. But instead, he says, but do you have to? Like, I can give you pleasure, and I think that it would still work. Yeah. And she's just not having it. But yeah, yeah she's so mean to him and the also, whole time. Like, I kind of loved it because he is yeah. very much one of those people that's like, he's a tall, blonde, white dude, y'all. Like, Yep. He smiles at a woman and she melts. And he's used to just going through life 
getting whatever he wants handed to him. Yeah. And he literally has not thought about like anything outside of his station, anything outside of his life. Okay. If you read The Ravenels by Lisa Clay okay. and you yes. like West, you will like yes. this book. That's true. Very similar character arc for the mm-hmm. male main character as West, mm-hmm. which is a thing like oh blah, 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 just give it all yeah, to yeah. me i mean um, but maybe like turned up to 11 a kind a tiny bit a I little think. bit yeah right like yeah. he's not he's not like offensive about it but he's very just like carefree and he doesn't understand the structure behind him that allows him to be so carefree right. and he's like well why are why are we paying our tenants so little money and and the landlord yeah. is like because that like because of xyz reasons he's like well why can't we blah 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 and he's like we don't like wheat doesn't make enough money so like he's like explaining to him the economy of like this is how this works like this land is small we don't have enough land to farm at the scale we would need to do all these improvements Mm -hmm. so that we can make more money you know he's like Mm -hmm. and theo is just like do 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 going through life happy carefree but well, but so what, what I, I love gonna, about him. Yeah. What I was going to say, though, is I kind of love that she was like, you're a wastrel. And I mm-hmm. can't appreciate that. And he's like, oh, shit. Like, this is the first time that, like, somebody's been somebody that he, like, wants their attention has been yeah. like, you're kind of useless. You're not up to snuff. Yeah. So um, I yeah, do kind and- of love that. But she was a bitch about it. She was a big bitch about it. Well, but I will say that what I love about him and that conversation is that he's immediately like, well, there are other ways we can go about it. Like, there's a different paradigm we can look at all of this with. Right. Because he doesn't understand if this farm is not making money. I know that the one in Lincolnshire is like, it's just like, like oozing money right. so why can't we take some of that and pay these workers more knowing that on balance our estate is only going to grow more and so i i love him for that because he is he's still concerned about everybody's well-being and he's he's like there's got to be a way to do this better yeah and i feel like that's actually maybe one of his strengths is that like he he doesn't know anything about the situation he's walked into, mm. which like on one hand is insufferable when somebody like you don't know anything. Now you're going to come in here and tell us how to do things. But he mm-hmm. doesn't actually do that. But he does be like, well, why do we have to do it this way? Like right. just, well, that's the way we do it. Isn't like enough for him. So he's like, right. Okay. But what effect would that have on this other thing? And like, I right. really liked his approach to yeah, yeah, he's an ideas guy, and he's he's very he has an innate sense of fairness. Yeah, even though it, nothing's ever been fair in his life, it's only ever been in his favor. Right. So one of the things that Granville is talking about is like there's all of this. So in England times, there's like a lot of public land. Like <laughs> people people would own like their little plot of land that their house was on. But then like there would be all this communal land that like everybody can graze sheep on and everybody can hunt on or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so Granville's like, there's all these little bits of public land that we could enclose. We could like put fences around them and make them ours. And then you'd have more farming land. And the enclosure act had like just gone into place or something. Right. And I understand enclosure to be England times. Um, Oh, oh, fuck. I had it. Eminent domain. Eminent domain. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. England times eminent domain. And so 
we're like getting ahead of ourselves in the book, but that's fine. Right. And so Theo is like, okay, but like who uses this land now and what do they use it for? Mm-hmm. And like, if we enclose it, what effect is that going to have? Like, that's his on people process. who already live here. Right. And he's like, oh, if we enclose this, like this girl that I just had a conversation with who's here, like watching her sheep, like she's not going to be able to graze her sheep here. Where is she going to graze her sheep? Like, mm-hmm. which I really loved that, like, he didn't have that attitude that like a lot of England times people do of just like, well, this is it's mine, mine because it is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anyways. Yeah, th- that that put a flag on it and there's no repercussions for anyone else mentality. No flag, no country. Yeah. <laughs> so the second time he like lays down next to her all naked and stuff and he's like, so how many siblings do you have? And like, what's going on with your life? Tell me about you. And she's like, I really don't know why this is necessary at all. And he's like, well, I thought maybe if we got to know each other a little better and you were a little bit more comfortable with me, like your body wouldn't reject my penis almost. Yeah. You would just relax a little. It would be less tense. And she goes, and no, she's sort of we can talk later. It. Yeah. She tells him like about her siblings and stuff, but then she's just like, please, we got it. I've got things to do. I'm sure you've got something to do. And yeah, so he gets it done and then fucks off. No, then he's lying there afterwards and she's like, so what did you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. So this carries on. Um, They like have this like arrangement for he like shows up and like comes in a back door and up a set of back Mm -hmm. steps and meets her in this like room in the East Wing at at, like whatever time every day. Um, Yeah. But also like they start talking and he brings her this like, oh, my God, this book with this insufferably long name that Granville gave him. And he's like, here's an idea since you're into this stuff why don't you read this book and then tell me about it? And she's like, why don't I read it to you? Yeah. So why don't we read it together? They're like afternoon, like sessions become like sex and then study sessions. Wait, wait, but first, wait, wait, but first, but first first. shit goes down. Okay. Because as like the third and fourth time happen, he is like, oh, wait. Maybe not. No, I think you're... No, yeah. So, sorry. So he, like, meets his tenants and stuff. And as a result, he has a conversation with her where he's like, are your people on parish assistance? Oh, that's right. That's right. So he goes to this, the Weaver's house. And Mr. Weaver is, like, a hired laborer. And the house is very squalid. There's, like, this very fat pig in the yard who wants Mm. desperately to get in the house and tries every time. And honestly... Justice for that Justice pig. For that I'm pig. so sorry, everyone. Um, there's like a bunch of geese that are like not in a pen. He's mm-hmm. like in this house and the baby won't stop crying. And there's all these like listless children just sitting around and not doing anything. Yeah. And so he's like, Granville, like what is happening? And he's like, oh, they're on parish support assistance yeah Yeah. whatever it is yeah and he's like why don't like why don't we pay our people enough money to like not need like that's not fair that my people are being supported by all the rest of the landowners around yeah like why can't I support my own people so he's talking to her and he's like are your people on this parish situation she's like no she's like well no first of all we have tenants we don't have hired laborers like we we let them profit off of their land or whatever that situation was and 
he's like, wow, that really sucks. Like, I, I don't want everybody, all the other people paying for it. And she's like, tenants too. Tenants pay the poor tax. And he's like, what? Like, this is extra. Not okay. And he, and so she is sitting there just being like, oh my God, ask me my opinion more. Let me tell you, let me give you the lay of the land and let's have a real conversation. And she's like, she's like, yes. And as a landowner, we have the ability to make these people's lives better. And that is our duty. And like, that is what we're here for. And then he's like, meanwhile, he's like crawling up to her and like grabbing her wrist and being like, Oh, you're so sexy when you're passionate. And she goes, are you listening She's to like, me? And he's like, well, not to the words, but I like listening to your voice. And she goes, no, no, no. Yeah, she goes, womp, womp, I'm done speaking. And then she's like, does this really work on women? Like, do other women have such susceptible wrists, she thinks to herself? Oh, she's so mad. And so she's just like, just put it in me. Give me the seed and like, get gone. I'm over it. So then... He starts like trying, he's trying everything he can. And he's like, I'm going to undress you this time. And like, I'm going to play with your hair maybe. And she's like, fuck this. Like, I don't need all of this. I don't understand. But like, I guess if it gets him going, like that's my part of the bargain. Can we so talk by the about fifth her time... recalcitrant nipple? Oh my, yeah, I'm just about to. Yeah. So the fifth time he comes over, he's like, maybe I'll just try like something totally different. So he asks her to put her legs around him while she's still dressed. And then he picks her up and he sets her on a dresser. And she's like, oh my God, I did not. Oh, I did not agree to anything exotic, but like, I guess I will let that go. Um, he said, oh my God. She says like, I'll, I'll just bear whatever weird shit he's doing. Uh -huh. And then she says, her limbs and other parts were praised for their shape and proportion. She could have been any woman with all, like, all the trite shit he said to her. And then she goes, not that it mattered. As long as he brought the seed, she could bear whatever he brought with it. Whatever indignities he might feel moved to propose, she would endure them with patience and resolve. What? And meanwhile, he's just like, how the fuck am I going to do this for a whole month? He's he's looking at them in the mirror being like, maybe I can fantasize about that being a widow who like really wants me like, you know, and society be damned or whatever. He's trying so hard. And he's like, and he she keeps like saying very inopportune things like just get on with it type things. And he's like, yeah, don't talk. Don't talk. Just yeah. Just yeah. I At one point, so she's like, how long do I need to keep my legs up like this? And he's like, what is she like? Is she posing for a piece of art? Like until I'm until I don't need it anymore. And he's like, yes, I just uh, I just I do require it and like do it harder for me. And so she like, you know, clenches around him. But then he thinks to himself, like, why does her pleasure matter to me when it clearly doesn't matter to her? And she's got this really bored voice the whole time. And then he tries to like kiss up on her and he, he gets a boob out and he's like rubbing a nipple, uh, rubbing a tongue on her nipple. And he says that she tenses in every place but the right one. Like he's never met such recalcitrant nipples in his whole life and they just won't get hard for him. So funny. And, and then she goes, is that necessary? And then he's like, no, it's not. And like, don't talk, I beg you. And so then he's like trying to think of other women. And he's just like pumping away. He's like trying to get on with it. 
but he hears her do the tiniest, most patient sigh. And he's just like, can you please not? And she's like, not what? Not talk? I wasn't even talking. And he goes, he goes, no, you just, you just make it so hard. And then she says, I don't need a moment to moment update on your state. And he's like, no, not like that. Like, it's difficult. You make it so difficult. And then like, I'm going to lose my boner, basically. Yeah. And she says, it's not my fault. It's not as if I do anything to keep you from your sport. And then everyone, he says, no, it's not as though you do anything at all. I may as well be swiving a propped up corpse. Oh, he thinks he just thought that. Oh, he did not just think that. He's in such a state he did say it out loud. So she's sitting there super quiet. He looks at her and he's like, she looks so small from across the room. And she says, I'm sorry, I'll try harder. And then he's like, no, that's even worse. Like, that's even worse that I have to think about a woman trying to, like, bear me fucking her. Like, this is terrible. And she's like, I think there are some erotic novels maybe in the library. Maybe you might be able to get your boner back that way. And he's like, if I, he literally says, If I can't keep an erection while I'm in a woman, no erotic novel is going to salvage this. And so he gets dressed and she's just horrified. And then he says, shall I come the same time tomorrow? And she says, yes, please. I would like that. And then he's just feeling so bad. And like he leaves Then it switches to her perspective when she's in church the next morning. And she's just like, I like, I don't know why he would expect me to enjoy exotic acts with an unprincipled stranger. But like, on the other hand, I could have at least been civil. And I did not do that. (laughs) Oh, my God. So at church, he doesn't look at her at all. We also find out, and I don't remember exactly where it is. This is one of the things that took me by surprise in this book. I thought this book was going to do that, like, historical trope of, like, it's called A Lady Awakened. I assume that he was going to, like, coax her through her first orgasm. And Yes! No, turns out homegirl can take plenty good care of herself. She's just, on principle, refusing to participate in yes she says that like she is doing this for other people and so it would be really messed up if she also enjoyed it it would turn it into something else it wouldn't be a service she's doing for the community it would then be an an affair or whatever and so she's just like she's refusing to come and like that's one of the reasons i felt so weird about this book because i spent like the first third not only being pissed off for him but also just like watching bad sex happen all the time very, and being like yeah. what the fuck are we doing yeah i was kind of hoping at this point I, after this i didn't know he, who like, the hero was yeah i was really hoping that like he wasn't gonna come back the next day which he yeah. did but like i was just like ooh, like i feel weird about this i don't know i don't know yeah because she's spending know. 
Right. She's spending so much time with this curate getting the um, school uh, up. And we're not telling you about all of those conversations because it turns out he is not the hero. But at this point in my reading experience, I still wasn't fucking sure. Yeah. Like, I was very like, I what? What? Yeah. There's a lot of sex in this book, y'all. And most of it is not good. Awful. Awful. Yeah. So... He he's so cute, though, because he's like, I've got to go over to that fucking widow's house again because I told her I would. And a gentleman doesn't break his word. But also, I want to make sure I do something good today. Something good has to happen today. So before I go over there, I will bring all of my laborers like parcels of meat and stuff and visit with them and like do good landowner shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he does this and he's like, well, this was fucking bad. Like, this was a terrible idea because I'm a single man and all of the women's husbands are in the field. And like, I didn't I didn't think about that at all. So everybody's uncomfortable and like, I don't know what to do. So his final stop is going to be at the Weaver Cottage. And oh, because he also has like a, a bachelor who lives in one of his cottages and works on the land. But. Obviously, he's in the field and he doesn't have any family there, so he can't visit him. He ends up at the Weaver Cottage and the eldest daughter, Christine, who is developmentally delayed, is out taking care of the pig. And that was one of the things that sort of like brought him brought him back to himself. And like when he he was there last time, he was like, I shouldn't be fucking judging these people about anything in their lives. I don't know what their lives are like. And one of them is because of this eldest daughter being developmentally delayed. Like, he's thinking she should be able to, like, help. She should be able to, like, help with the baby. She should be able to do all these things, and she clearly can't. Like, that's probably making this a lot harder, and, like, I need to not be a jerk. And he also notices that she has this piece of gold-colored paper that she very carefully is folding up into small squares and then unfolding and then folding back up over and, and over again folding those very well-worn creases so so he, when he visits this oh my time God, i loved this part so tell much. me everything so tell me he everything shows up and she's feeding the pig and she's like not really looking at him and he's like so i noticed the last time that i was here that you had this piece of gold paper and i wasn't sure if it was the gold or the paper that you liked so i brought oh. both he pulls out this length of gold ribbon and he gives it to her and he's like, you know, you can do whatever you want with it. He makes a joke about like tying it around the pig's tail in a bow and when that looks silly, oh. like he's trying to make her laugh. And then he pulls out a metric fuck ton of paper metric, in England like times. Wallpaper or something like it's yeah. all patterned. And he like shows her how to fold a fan with it. And she's like really, really enjoying oh. it. And like she's really excited. And the mom comes out, and what he, th- what she sees, oh, her vantage point is, is the worst. Not good. It's this older man and her simple, as she says, teenage daughter. Yeah. Bent over, and they're both looking hunched at over his lap, and he's doing something with his hands on yes. his lap. Yes. And so Mrs. Weaver understandably hits the fucking roof. She's like, Christine, get away from that man. Sir, get your fucking asshole out of here. Like, do not, like, basically don't come back. We don't, I don't want, want your, your presence. Meat. We don't want the meat. Christine doesn't want any of your presence. I Go want nothing away. from you. We find out later that Mrs. Weaver is one of the maids. And Christine ruined. is 
the result of that. Yeah. And she went on so, to marry Mr. Weaver and live in this community. But she obviously sees is not going to trust him. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. And we don't have that context yet. But even with just the context we have, like right. Mrs. Weaver was in the right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And, like, that was a brave thing to do because they are hired laborers. They have their house only because her husband works as a hired right. laborer. So if he took offense to this and told them to kick rocks, they're fucked. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, he feels he's just like, I can't believe things are going this bad on every fucking level. Nobody's ever thought I was, a like, a pedophile or whatever. Like, this is new. I hate it. And he's like, I guess I gotta go fuck that widow now. Like, God damn it. <laughs> so he shows up and she all, she's in a sexy nighty. Yeah. She like has She's propped up on a chaise lounge. She like was ready for him. She's like making an effort. Yeah. And, and she's like, like, he told me not to try, but I feel like this is like, this is. This could work. You know, this this could be not be super obvious. So she gets up and she just drops the nighty. He says it's the first time he's seen her completely naked, like not with one part of her, like covered in bedclothes or whatever. Yeah. And he sees this like fear in her eyes. But then she she pushes it down and like walks very slowly over to him. And he promptly loses his mind. So good. It's so it's good. So He's good. like, come on, you can do it. Be brave. Yeah. One more step. One more step. Oh. One more step. He's like, I could make this easy for her, but I feel like this is something she's got to do. Yeah. So she comes all the way over and he just grabs her and just puts her on the ground like, right there on the carpet. The bed. Are you okay with? Yeah. And she's like, absolutely. But then she wraps her legs around him and like crosses her ankles and pulls him toward her. And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, she, yeah. oh, my God. Then she grabs his shirt and like clutches onto his shirt. And he's like, oh, my God. Like she's touching me. It seems like she's into this. And he like, it's so cute. It because, really is. Like, oh, it's just so great. So. Afterward, though, you know, he, he's got that post-come clarity. Yeah. And he's like, oh, God, I was an animal just now. Like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, I actually, like, didn't mind it. And in her head, she's like, I'm going to touch myself to that later. Absolutely, I'm gonna, she is. Uh-huh. I'm going to make the guy that I conjure in my head who is does not look like the curate Absolutely at all. Absolutely not. Couldn't possibly and will not look like him, but he's going to, you know, be a little animalistic with me. So then he because, picks like, her up. up to this point, everything that she's fantasized has been like very staid and very restrained and very proper. Uh -huh. And she's like, maybe this time, though, he might be a little yeah. so a little funny. She's like, maybe maybe my brain fantasies can like get a little spicy. Yeah, yeah. So he picks her up and puts her on the bed and she's like, I don't really know what to do, but he looks like he, when he walked in, he looked like there was something deeply wrong with him. And so she says, 
do you want to stay for a few minutes? It seems like you've had a bad day and like, I wouldn't mind the company. And then her inner monologue cuts in and says, that wasn't strictly true. Like she, she didn't need his company at all. But she says that the look on his face told her that it was the exact right thing to say. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing for her. She's such a, a social perfectionist that she's always worried about saying the right thing oh, yeah. to people. Homegirl needs to win at social interactions. Yes. Which, like, and she's the kind of person that, like, studies them to make sure she's doing them right. Yes. But, like, she's also real bad at them, which is kind of adorable. Yeah. But he's such a happy puppy. about it and he like he gets into bed with her and he's like i'm just i just i I don't have to go into it but like i just i have to study this shit that i'm not interested in and like i don't want to do when i'm older and like it's just fucking bullshit and she's like i don't she says i don't know how to say this in a constructive way (laughs) and then she goes i would be really stoked if i had like a land management tutor like you have this incredible opportunity because, like, he has this tutor. Like, he has Granville. And she's like, yeah. do you realize how freaking lucky you are right now? And he's like, am I? And she's like, yes. So, you have so a this is incredible resource. Session, sorry, right? It's right after this, yeah. Because he, because she has a conversation with the, the curate in which he says, um, I find that people either raise or lower themselves to your expectations. And so, like, maybe cut him some slack and, like, you know, think the best of him and, like, you know, maybe it'll be better. He doesn't know about their relationship, but just like, you know, on a human acquaintance level. And that's when he comes. It's so funny because he 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 walks in with a bunch of books in his arms and he goes, stand and deliver, Mrs. Russell. I've had the devil's own erection for at least an hour. <laughs> and she's like, what's going on with those books? And he's like, I said, stand and deliver get why aren't you naked i thought that was gonna be a thing i'll talk to you about the books after (laughs) so good (laughs) so good so then that's why she says let's study together because she's thinking he'll raise or lower himself to my expectations let's think better of him right and he's immediately like yeah all right Cool. And can do that. it's really lovely because they like start going and visiting each other's tenants together. And they like, she mm-hmm. goes along with him in Granville when they're looking at the enclosures, like the potential mm-hmm. places to enclose. And she's so great because she's like directing questions at Theo that she knows he knows the answer to because she wants mm-hmm. to give him the opportunity to show Granville that she's studying, that mm-hmm. he's studying. So she's like, so what's the pro for this and he's like oh well blah 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 and she's like okay well like what's like what's the argument against and he's like oh well mm-hmm. blah 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 and granville's like okay yeah huh. make a note right back to daddy Indeed. like you're doing yeah. yeah so and like so much of this so much of the relationship takes place just like as they're um walking like yeah around like they're just going on like these long walks all of the time and it's like yeah yeah we basically for the next like third of the book they're either doing land management or having sexual encounters and he's starting to get a little bit more i don't know bold maybe not bold but like he's starting to see that she is kind of into it and he wants to do as much as he can especially one day when we know she finds out that mr james russell the predator might come to the property in order to basically like watch and see if her pregnancy is legit. 
So she's worried about that because, you know, she's obviously worried about her her servants. Right. And so he notices the only thing he notices is that she's distracted and or like she feels bad. And he's like, I'm going to distract her. That's my job today is to like make her feel good and distract her. Mm-hmm. And so they get into this situation where she's at her table, her like vanity, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be getting her dressed again. But then he says, give me give me 10 minutes to just like kiss up on your spine. Do do a little nape of the neck kiss. And, you know, we'll see what's going on. She tries to haggle with him. She's and like, adorably... no, five minutes. And he goes, seven. Yeah. And she goes, six. And he goes, seven and a half. And he goes, that's just like, she's like, that's not how negotiating the... works. And he goes, eight, final eight. offer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mm. good. And so he starts doing this. And then he notices that she's not watching the clock at one point, And she's like, she's got her eyes closed and she looks drugged. And then he's like, oh, no, I told her that I wasn't going to get another erection and like I wouldn't bother her again. So I can't even last eight minutes of doing this. I need to cut this off right now. So he goes into the other room and she's like, why did you stop? And he's like, I like I'm, I've got a situation over here. And she's like, and OK, well, like, we can just read our book. And she goes to sit down next. To him, and he's like, no, other side of the room, lady. Get over there. Get over, get mm-hmm. away from me. And she's like, what is going on? And he says, okay, in our arrangement, is it okay if I, like, take care of things in other ways? And she's immediately like, I will not allow you to fuck other women. All of that seed is mine. I paid for that seed. It's mine. I want all of it. And he's like, I want all of it. Well, we have a problem. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, so I can't even give myself a hand job. Like, I can't even jerk it a little. And she's like, no, you may not because I want seed. What if that is the sperm that was going to get me pregnant? And then I'm not pregnant anymore. He's like, I really don't think that's how it works. But like, we're in a pickle then. Because like, I'm very turned on and I'm sorry about it. But he's like, you could help me get rid of it. And she's like, oh, Lord Jesus. Like, okay. (laughs) She says, I will only agree to that. If at the very end, you put it in me and and ejaculate inside me because I don't have to get undressed for all of that. And he's like, oh, OK. Oh, my God, these two. So he shows her how to move her hand over his cock or whatever. And she's like and she he has her his hand over hers. Yeah. And she's scandalized by this. She's like, I guess like. I guess it's okay because technically he's doing it. And then he lets go. And she's like, oh, no, I'm doing it by myself now. Like, oh, no. Yeah. And then he gets really close to coming. And he's like, okay, get in position. I'm going to get inside you. And then he says, he brings one of her hands back around him to his ball sack. And he's like, now, when I tell you, I need you to squeeze. Not too hard. But like, just squeeze a tiny bit. And she's like, she cannot believe that this is happening to her she can't believe that he's even thought of this like she's so she's just gobsmacked by it so he's like now and she's like okay not too hard and she squeezes and she's like like this and then he comes like he has never come before yeah and the whole scene was hilarious it was very it was so good also i can't believe we didn't mention this at the beginning she yeah has feelings about male anatomy <gasps> yes that are she's like the male hilarious. form makes no sense it makes no sense like 
the female form is all like curves and logic and the male form looks like somebody just like had extra bits of clay left over and just stuck them on wherever <laughs> like she does not find the male form attractive she thinks it's ridiculous like mm-hmm. and so she's like working through all of this during this hand job she's like i don't know uh-huh. like my hands at this weird angle and like i don't this isn't really what i signed up for and yeah so funny y'all it's so it's funny so funny it's so good. And the way that he got her to do this was be was to be like, I am interested in going to talk to your steward. And also, I would love for you to visit my cottagers with me. Yeah. And so she's like, she's already decided that, like, she's going to send him back to London a better man. Yes. Because she's so big on she's the like, improvement projects, y'all. And he's her yes. newest improvement project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So they do that. And, um... He, like, oh, because I think already, y'all, I I don't know if this has happened quite yet, but he's decided that, like, he wants to turn the farm into a dairy. That hasn't um, happened yet, but he is very, yeah. like, we need to do something to make this place better. Like, we mm-hmm, have to figure mm-hmm. this out. Um, I think yeah. also he goes to see Mr. What's-His-Face, the, yeah, the bachelor. Mr. Barrow. Mr. Barrow. Um, None of this is important that we get it, like, exactly the right order. Um, no, no, no. So, you know, don't go read this book and then come back and be like, Meredith and Melody. Like, Yeah, my email is not open to that. No. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he goes to visit Mr. Barrow, and he ends up there, like, at dinner time. And he feels really bad because, like, the rules of hospitality are, like, if you show up at somebody's house during dinner time, they, like, have to offer you their food. And, like, Mr. Barrow his name is fucking poor. He's poor. Like Theo doesn't want to take his food, and also his food kind of looks like shit, and he doesn't want to eat terrible. it. Terrible. He like accepts some bread and cheese, and the cheese is terrible, y'all. It's mm-hmm. really sour and foul tasting and chalky. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Barrow's like, yeah, it used to be a lot better. Like we used to make all this cheese. We used to do all this craft, like in house. Like every cottager, every you know home had like all of these things, yeah. and like that's all left because that's how i grew up of industrialization right like this is this like major time of social change in england where like mm-hmm. all of this thing is happening and um and so mr barrow is just like regaling him with stories of like how things used to be and how he grew up and you know all of this stuff right um right and so it, it gets him noodling a little bit right um but she also ingratiate she tries to ingratiate herself at the weaver house and like Mrs. Weaver is just exhausted and, and is not going to, she just can't. She just can't at all so with anything. Marth takes the baby. And she's like, oh, your <laughs> yeah. baby's beautiful. Can I hold him? And Mr. Mrs. Weaver's like, he is not that baby's beautiful. Colicky. And like, I don't know why you'd want to, but like, I guess. And she's like, oh, like what a lovely baby. And like, can I take him outside for some fresh air? And so they like go walk around and like the pig <laughs> is following them around like a faithful <laughs> hound. Uh, oh. And they go back inside to give the baby back who is now sleeping. And they're like, where's your mom? And they're like, she's sleeping. She's having a nap in the bedroom. She's so tired. And they're like, well, shit, we can't just leave these kids alone. Like, I know technically there's an adult here, but the adult is like dead to the world. Absolutely. And needs to be. Needs to be. And so they're like, well, um... Hmm, you. I guess I'm going to clean up. Can you, like, show me where this is? And you, can you, like... 
Like, where do we scrape the vegetables at? And yeah. can you sweep the so floor? So Mrs. Russell is doing all of that. And then he looks down at the table and he sees a partially folded fan. And but it's, the last fold folded wrong. is incorrect. And so Christine couldn't figure out how to keep going because she folded it in the same direction twice right. instead of doing either or. And so he like, and so he's like, well, I guess I'm going to. Fix that. He like very we'll carefully, like without looking at Christine, without making a big deal out of it, but very like his hands are very visible. Like he's not, you know, trying to do it like all he's like mm-hmm. very obviously like unfolds the wrong way, folds it the mm-hmm. right way, finishes folding it. And then he realizes mm-hmm. that like all around this cottage, every single <coughs> scrap of paper Christine could get her hands on, she started folding and then folded wrong and, then- and got stuck. Yeah. And, and so he's like, well, I guess this is my job. Like, he may as well be narrating out loud what he's right. doing. He's trying to make it so obvious. So he goes and gets all of them from all around the cottage, and he starts fixing all of them. And then uh, Mrs. Russell sits down, and she starts she doing it, too, without even doing. asking. She's just like, cool, like, this is this is important. This is what we're doing now. Um, yeah. And, oh. and then Mrs. Weaver comes and then, out, and Mrs. Russell goes... um. Would it be okay if I sent some like scraps of wallpaper and stuff? Because that way, Christine won't be folding up all of your household accounts and bills. Because she like once again mm-hmm. is so good at like figuring out like the right way to persuade people. And uh-huh. so Mrs. Weaver is like, I mean, I guess like yeah, that guess, that would yeah. make my life easier. I would have to like look for the electric bill because it like got folded right. up into a square or something. They mm-hmm. don't have an electric bill. Don't come at me for that. We knew that. Yeah, we knew that. Um, Um, And so she leaves like a book of like a a book of dress dresses. Oh, that's right. She has like whatever she she it's a fashion plate. She like packed this basket to go visit the tenants and she like took books with her and like highbrow (laughs) cake cake, and then realizes that like, oh, like actually these people like what they really need is like meat and like Flour. flour. Um, yeah. But she has this book of fashion plates with her. And so she's like, I don't mm-hmm. actually need this. The papers are really pretty. Can I leave this with you? And then that way you don't have to, like, have your bills, you know. Yeah. You turn okay? the, she goes to visit the Weavers a couple of different times. And um, there's another time when she says, oh, you know, he, Theo, Mr. Whatever Merkel is not with me. And I told him that the right thing to do was to, like, come and bring gifts. But if he hasn't done that yet, it's probably just because he's so busy. And Mrs. Weaver goes, wait a second, you told him to come and bring gifts? She's like, yeah, absolutely. I told him, like, how to be a good landlord or whatever. And Mrs. Weaver just, like, harumphs and, like, starts thinking about things, Uh obviously. Like, keeps doing laundry. So things are changing a little bit on that end. Oh, and Um, also she, like, gets Mrs. Weaver... Because, like, Mrs. Weaver is, like, that very poor, very proud, like, we don't accept no charity, even though they desperately need it sort of person. Yeah. And so yeah. Mrs. Russell is just like, oh, I'm going to leave this with you. We've left one with everybody else. Like, this is just, like, very matter of fact. Like, this is nothing special about you. Mm-hmm. We're just, like. This is normal stuff. Normal stuff. We've dropped one off at everybody else's. You know, here's yours. And so she, like, gets her to accept, like, whatever was in the basket at that point in time. Theo decides he's going to replace the ru- the Weaver's roof. <gasps> he's going to replace the whole and thing. She, she has a competence boner she because he does. not only he not only decided this on his own, 
but he decided to also throw a picnic for everyone, knowing that they all had to be out of their houses while they and did like wouldn't this. be able to cook and like all of these things. So he like made all of those arrangements by himself, and she's just like, <laughs> "Sir," she's gobsmacked, and she's like, "You've never been hotter." And at at one point, like he gets her Christian name while they're in bed, um, yeah. and like you know tells him tells her his and all that kind of stuff but he uses it when they're in private she still calls him mr murdoch or whatever his Merkwood, name is. i think Mur- Merkwood, sure forest yeah, and that sounds right. the rings i don't know it doesn't matter yeah um so they like throw this picnic and like it's really lovely um and like he is up on the roof he's like folding yeah. the like pins that hold the the thatch in place and like scampering up and down the rafters like he's been doing it all of his life and she and Mr. Grantville both like around this time are getting this understanding that like Theo is a hands-on person like if you try and make him read a book it's not going to happen but like give him a problem to get his hands into and he's on board Mr. Granville takes him he makes him go threshing for two days and then takes him to the mill and like Theo is now super invested in that process because, like, he's been there. He hands on. He did the thing. All this stuff. Well, and he's like, humans should not be doing this, especially eighty-six-year-old Mister Barrow. Right. Like, this is hard work that humans should not and, do. Like, yes, they we should tried be doing this a better around way. Their like mouths and noses, but like, it's not good for their lungs. We need like yeah. a machine should be doing this, and like, yeah, but like people need the work. That's... And he's like, yes, but not this work. Right. And like they can still like oversee or whatever. But that's the other thing that I I love about this section, because she and the land agent, Mr. Grantville or whoever, um, they've also come to the realization that like lectures about duty will not do anything like if it's theoretical, he's not going to glom onto it. But if you take him and show him that a problem impacts a human. Oh, he's all then he's like, oh, we have to fix it immediately. How do we do that? Like, let's get started. So while they're at the mill, they drop off the the wheat and then they have to wait for it to be milled. So it's like in the town. And so he like goes and wanders around the town. It's like a market mm-hmm. going on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, what is he trying to buy that he meets the la- lettuce. lettuce? He's like looking at this lettuce. He, and like he's not trying to buy it, but he's no. like, I'm going to make a friend. Right. I'm going to figure so this he, out. So he like he there's this like woman in half mourning, which means lavender. She's wearing lavender. And she's like this older, like portly widow and like the way she's acting he's like ah she'd be real good friends with my mrs russell like they're the same yeah and he's like looking at this lettuce and she goes you better not pay more than two pence for that and he's like yeah oh and she's like no um he's gonna try to take you for a ride and then the shopkeeper comes over he's like oh yeah that lettuce is five pence and he's like oh okay and he gives him five pence and she's like her name's like mrs coleman or something i don't remember um yeah mrs coleman's like badly done he could smell you had extra money he got three extra pence off of you and he was like yeah but like he needed it and i don't so like i'm kind of okay with that also would you help me like shop like i i could use your help you seem like a very knowledgeable person blah 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 and like i want to get he wants to get gifts for everyone and he wants to bring mr barrow cheese like better cheese and so they go to this place but mrs coleman's like this cheese is it's not good like they do not have good cheese here and, he's like, and there's only one dairy in the whole right. in the whole region. And so she goes in and she's asking, like, well, how much is this cheese and how much is that butter? And he's like outside with his notebook, like writing everything down. She's like being real loud mm-hmm. on purpose. 
because she's like yeah like the cheese here is like chalky and it's not good and it's too expensive and blah 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 and so he also he starts noodling right he, he's getting mm-hmm. an idea and he also gets yeah. another idea that like mrs coleman should probably call on mrs russell so he like he just says some casual so dropping things. hints right. she's like oh do you know mrs russell and she's like oh no we don't like she, mrs we coleman's never... not the snobby one she's like i would no. not presume to like and he's like oh yeah. well like she's this widow like she's really this like fine upstanding person like just like like but she but she he says but she was um married so little time that like she didn't really get a chance to make a lot of acquaintances right. and it's not really proper for me to visit her right. but she has no other callers yeah. and so isn't like, that awful terrible <laughs> and then he convinces her to like take the lettuce for her pig if she's not going to eat it or whatever mm-hmm. and so a couple of days later Martha gets <gasps> callers mrs coleman <gasps> and this is somebody else and miss a third person show up yeah, and introduce <gasps> themselves and say hi. We're your neighbors, and she's like, "I don't know what precipitated this. Oh my god!" But then they ask about her soldier brother, and she goes, "There is only one human on the planet who knows about my soldier brother and is not part of my family, and it's Theo." And I thought she was going to be furious, but y'all, she's beaming. She made breath. She can't wait. Theo. She can't wait to tell him so about excited. the call. She's so excited. Oh and my he, god! Like, continues this to the rest of the book, like trying to like get people to call on her, and you know, like, and it's just yeah. She, she like is becoming. He's just widening her circle. Oh, it's so good. Oh, okay. So the other thing that's being happening at this time is like. Um, there's a few things happening at once. Yeah. One, he's decided that he wants to change the farm into a dairy because they can give a better product. And like he asks her about it and he keeps on getting her advice and her opinions yeah. about it. And she's like, I will help you. I'll help you research. We can talk to my steward. We can do all the mm-hmm. things. And then he's at one point in the book, he's like, do I have a meeting with my with my laborers or do I talk to the land agent guy or like, how do I do this in the right order? Right. And, and she's like, he's never been sexier. And also, like, you'll come to the right conclusion. I'm certain yeah. of it. And he watches her, like, she watches him just, like, preen under her praise. Yeah. And he, she realizes that, like, this is the first time in his life that anybody's taken him seriously. And it's so cute. Um, and then also, she finds out that um, Mrs. Weaver is pregnant for a, a ninth time, I think. And she just had this other baby. And so she's like, oh, my God, this would be the perfect timing if I need a boy. And Mrs. Weaver has a boy. And like, okay. Also at the picnic, she found out that Mrs. Weaver was the ruined maid. So that has happened. And um, And about this time, they find out that Mr. James Russell is, in fact, coming to visit. Yes. And so she has this amazing meeting with her maid. And she's like, cool, here's what we're going to do. If you don't have an inside lock on your door, not just like the doorknob one, like a slidey bolt lock, please raise right. your hand. Okay, we're going to get them installed. Um, you all have permission to yell. And Sheridan's like, can we hit him? And she's like, yes, go for it. Like, yeah, you have permission whatever's to do whatever gonna make you, the you safest. need to do to keep yourself safe. Like, like we're going to get the footmen involved. Like, everybody's going to be on mm-hmm. high alert. Like, you will be as safe as I can possibly make you. And I loved it so much. Yeah. A couple of things happened before that that's just a little a little important to set oh, up yeah, that whole thing. Uh, no, no worries. 
So um, one of them is that um, he also wants the kids on his land to go to school. Yes. And so she's really liking that. And then when he keeps on asking for her advice, I just have to say this quote. She goes, serious, conscientious, and seeking her opinion. He could have had anything he wanted of her in that moment. And then she kisses his forehead. Yeah. And like, he's, I don't know, he tries to get her to talk dirty one night. And so instead she like plays with his nipples. And then he's like, oh my God, would you maybe use your mouth though? And she's like, sure, man, as long as I don't have to talk dirty, licks his nipples. And then he's like, you're a witch, you're a sorceress, like all these yeah, things. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And then Mr. Barrow gets sick. Right. So Mr. Barrow is like the one that knows about the dairy. So they're going to go talk to him to try and figure out this whole like, how do we actually do this? Who do we talk to? Whatever. And they show up mm -hmm. and they immediately know something's wrong. The animals are all squawky and, you know. Yeah. He opens the and door the and there's just this stench. And he's like, Martha, you may not come inside. And right. he thinks that Mr. Barrow has died, which thankfully he has not. He was just very, very sick. Thank goodness. Um, he is like, I, crying. I know I was really upset. I was like, this, this old man better be fine, which he is. Like, I'm so glad it wasn't Chekhov's bachelor grandpa, right. you know? So like, he doesn't let Martha and Mrs. Weaver shows up. Um, Martha like yeah. runs off to like send a boy to go get the grand, the, the doctor and Mrs. Weaver comes and he like won't let them in the house because of their like ladylike sensibilities or whatever. And Martha well, and Mrs. Weaver. I don't, but also because of, because of Mr. Barrow. Well, yes. He's like, Mr. Barrow wouldn't want anybody to see him like this. And, like, he won't let them get a cart. He's like, I will carry him yeah, with my so he hands. Like, he, like, Ugh. Mr. Barrow has had, like, some type of stomach situation. So, like, the the bed's real gross, y'all. Um, yeah. And he, like, cleans him so up. So he's like, burn it. And, like, puts burn him in everything. a new nightshirt. And then he's like, please burn everything. And Mrs. Weaver's like, he doesn't have more sheets. Like, can't we just wash them? And Theo's like, no, burn it. I will give him sheets off of my own bed. He will not. I will give him a mattress. Yeah. Burn, Burn the everything. mattress too. And so Mrs. Weaver and Martha just like stay there and feed the animals and like light all of his bedding on fire and like oh my god, have a really lovely like chat. They do because he well and he realizes like when she sees Mr. Barrow, she starts thinking about her father and when her father died. Mm -hmm. And how frail he looked. And so she starts getting really emotional. And so he looks at her and he says, Martha. And then both of them freeze because he did this in front of Mrs. Weaver. And it's pretty obvious now that they're boning to Mrs. Weaver. And like, oh boy. Right. And then when he's gone, she tells Mrs. Weaver, I, you don't need to say anything about this, but I, I know what happened to you and I, I'm going to make it right in some way. And Mrs. Weaver's like, like, that was a long time ago. I don't really know how you think you're gonna make it right but like cool let's not talk about this anymore yeah. right, right exactly fair so okay then they have the meeting with his workers about the dairy yes and she's like i would have told him to like be austere and removed and authoritative, you know, to have this meeting. But he just sits at the table with them, elbows on the table, and he's like, I want to do a dairy, and I, I want you to throw, you know, deference or whatever away. Tell me if you think it's a stupid idea, yeah. and, like, let's work together if we can. 
Also, and, I don't remember when this uh, happens, but he tells Granville what he, what he wants to do. He's like, okay, I figured yes. this out. Here's my business plan. I'm going to get investors, blah, 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 blah. And Granville's like, actually, your dad kind of thought you might come up with an idea like this. So like, I have this pile of cash that I wasn't supposed to tell you about until you came to me with a business plan. But like, you don't need investors. But actually, they come up with this scheme to like, get the townspeople to invest they're basically making a dairy co-op right so like everybody around gets a little bit of a share and everybody gets some ownership and because they want the tenants to be able to invest and so they like and they want the tenants to be able to afford their higher quality product so they're like coming up with all these like well we can go sell fresh milk and cheese to all the rich people who go to brighton so that way we can mm-hmm. keep our prices low here and like we're going to like have investors, but they're not going to be like rich people from the city. They're going to be like the people here. So like the Weavers can have a share if they want to. And mm-hmm. Mrs. Coleman and can that have way, 10 everybody's, shares. And, you know. Right. Yeah. And everybody's invested in the success right. of this And so dairy. Mr. Granville's like, you don't need the investors, but I think the investors are a really good idea. And Theo goes, cool, I'll come up with some other way to spend that pile of money. It's- maybe on the school or something it's great yeah it is and then we find out he does he he gives the curate a stipend um in addition to his other stipends Mm -hmm. and stuff and like because at one point she confides in him all the lying that she's done and everything she hasn't been able to tell mr atkins even though they are very close like you know she tricked that her husband into doing all these improvements when he was Hammertown. And like he told him that he was that she was gonna write to James Russell to be like, you like school too? Question mark. And like she never did that because she's just trying to desperately get pregnant instead. Right. And he says that he likes her better for it. And yeah. because he loves that she puts herself on the line for other people. Yeah. So they have this amazing meeting and she's blown away and like everybody has a good idea and, you know, everybody has a, a, a task when they leave. Mrs. Weaver comes over and she can't hear what she says, but Mrs. Weaver sticks out her hand, shakes his hand. And then he goes from like very grave looking to like a small smile and like talking to her mm-hmm. because their misunderstanding has been cleared oh, up. No. Oh, my God. And like on the way home, because he's like, I'll walk you home. On the way home, he's like, why are you looking at me like I'm a, suddenly a hydra? And he, she goes, you're you're a leader of men. I never thought it was possible. But like, you're a you're, you're a leader, leader of men. men. And he's like, and he's like, no, not. he keeps on saying, shut up. I know. And he keeps on saying, like, like, no woman's praise will ever like rise yeah, to so how good. this feels. And then he tries to like pull her into an embrace when they're in the woods. And she's like, no, 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 not where people can see. He's like, but I mean, can we, though? Like, I don't think I can wait until tonight. And then they do some frisky stuff. They do. My word. My goodness. Yeah. On TM, which is a weird thing to say after they've been having Mm. sex for three weeks at this point. Oh, yeah. She thinks she might already be pregnant. Right. Like, it's been a minute, but like, they're finally like feeling each other, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And so he's like, I want to try something, will you? And she's like, yes. And he goes, I think you should probably, like, tell me some parameters of what you don't want to like, do no. or, like, ask me what I have in mind. She's like, nah, man. And she says, no, I trust you. And he, like, dies a little. Yeah. He's so excited. And I also died a little, I need to say. Same. It was real good. Same. Like and, like, that, 
This is the brilliance of this book because I spent the first third fucking pissed off. But by this point, I am so hooked on these two and I'm so invested in them getting together and understanding Mm -hmm. each other that like it hit so much harder than I think it would have otherwise. Because this is the point in the book where you start realizing how incredibly good they are for each other. Because Mm. she desperately wants somebody to appreciate her for her mind. And he Mm. is doing that. And he is asking her questions and, like, taking her seriously. And, like, she'll be like, here is this cause. And he'll be like, cool, let's do it. And he, like, desperately wants somebody to take him seriously, even though he didn't realize Mm -hmm. that. And she, like, is taking him seriously and, like, holding him to a higher standard. And, like, he gets her to loosen up a little bit. And, like... There's a scene that we didn't talk about. They're like talking to this shepherdess and the shepherdess is reading a novel and she's Martha's just like really stilted trying to be like, oh, well, like, I mean, novels are fun, but like, have you read anything more edifying? And like, he's like, this isn't how you get through to this girl. And he just like starts chatting with her and coaxing a smile out and, you know, talking about and Martha's realizing that like he has this thing that she doesn't like he can talk to people he can figure out like Mm -hmm. how to make people feel comfortable and so like they just are meshing so well and it's so lovely Mm -hmm. and i loved it it was just oh yeah oh good and also this is the point where i'm like how do we possibly like make this happen because how do we like, do it by and also protect all the people and like do all the things like, I don't love oh that, my God. like she's trying to lie and I'll be really upset if this book ends with like her keeping this estate through deceit like that mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like that so like okay that can't happen and like but he has his own land and like but we need to protect all these people you know I'm like how is this gonna happen yeah absolutely but at this point He's like, okay, then take off your stockings and then you're going to tie me up with them and then you're going to have your way with me. Well, he me. doesn't say that to her. He like leads her through it. And so she's like taking off her stockings yeah. and he's like, toss them on the bed. And she's like, what? And he's like, no, just do it. It's okay. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to show you how to tie this knot. And she's like, whoa. Um, and he's like, uh-huh. no, you're going to do it. Come on, be stern. It's for be me, not for you. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And he's like, you're thinking about it. You know, you want to be in control. And then once he's tied up, he starts being like a very bad boy. And he's like, fuck me. Let me be your whore. And she realizes that like all this time he he's like asking permission still. It sounds like a command, but it's not because she's in complete right. control. She can do whatever she wants. And and, he and also, then he's like, touch yourself and torture me by not letting me touch you and all the business. He also tells her before they start, he's like, I'm going to tell you to like untie me. Like, please don't like, like yeah. don't do that. And then yeah. he's like, come on, let me touch you. Let me touch you. Let me touch you. And she's like, nah. So good. And she kisses him on the she mouth for the first does. time. He realizes that it's for his pleasure. And then she mounts him and then gets very insecure because how do you do it at this angle? Yes. This angle is different and weird. Oh no. Yeah. She like I'm gonna look like an ungainly. She starts to have a panic and he's like, no, 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 you're okay. Like, let me show you. Like, lean forward just a little bit. Okay, there you go. Like now do And I'll close my eyes. Oh yeah. Cause she's like, I'm gonna look weird and awkward. And he's like, You're not, but I won't look if that makes you feel better while you figure it yeah. out. And then she's like, Okay, okay, you can open your eyes now. 
Yeah. And one of the reasons she does that is because she knows he takes so much pleasure in the visual right. stuff. And so she's like, even if I look weird, he should have his eyes open, you know? Right. And then and then he's like, touch your nipples, whatever. And then she thinks to herself, what is the point of having a man in your bed if he's not going to do shit like that for you? So she leans down and picks up his head and he like groans yeah, she's into like, her nipple. No, use your mouth instead. And he's like, Oh Please, my God. Baby Jesus, put that in my mouth. He's like, never has anything been better. And then he's like, okay, now you have to, you have to untie me because it's about to be go time and you need to be on your back for me to deposit this seed into you. And oh my God, it's so cute. And then as that happens, he reaches down and touches her clit and he's like making eye contact with her to make sure she's okay with it. And she throws her head back and says, yes. And then they come together and it's like the best. He flops on the side of her and he's like, it was that easy. All I had to do is like tie me up. And, and she's like, Meh. I had to know you. Like, I had to yeah. know that you're a good person. Okay. So then he's simping hard for her now. He's planning their life together. They're going to get married. He's like in it to win it. But he's not telling her that. And then, like, she decides to blow him for the first time. That's a whole thing. And then he props her up in a chair. Oh. And he does this no, whole... No, I'm sorry. I have to... Yeah. When she Please. is going to blow him, he's yes. like, I really desperately want this, but I don't want you to do it if you find it unpleasant. So if you're not yeah. enjoying yourself, I need you to promise me that you will stop. Even if I'm begging you not to, like, I need you to promise me mm -hmm. that you're not going to do this if you're not having a good time. And I just loved that. Yeah. So much. And she's like, yeah, I Absolutely. promise. And then did not stop. Mm -hmm. And it was great. Mm -mm. It was so good. But then he goes down on her for the first and time. She's never in her life before. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then he takes her and like he does this whole like queen and stable boy fantasy yeah. <laughs> and then he takes her over and like she, he, they have, she, he like sits her in a chair with her like leg on either arm and like is like telling her that like she's his queen and like he you know blah 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 and it's just it's, it's really so good. good it's real good oh and then when he comes inside her he is fully daydreaming about all of the children they'll, they'll have together in the future like what they'll look like all of this all of is this, this is when happening he says um, that he loves her yeah, at the end. Yeah, afterward. Martha. He's so overcome. I love you. And she says, I have something I have to tell you. And his inner monologue is, what's the chance that, like, that will proceed? I love you, too. Like, it's not great, but here she goes. And she's like, I think I'm pregnant. Like, I think basically we're sort of done here. And he's like, but we don't have to be done. You, we can have the baby together and like we can get married at some point and like we can do all of those things. And she finally tells him about the predatory nature of the guy who's meant to inherit. And he's like, I knew it was something more than just her wanting to stay on the property. And then he goes, are you telling me that you won't even have me if it's a girl? Because if it's a girl, she's free and clear. She's still, you know, and she says, if it's a girl, I'll get a baby boy another way. And he's like, holy fuck balls. I did not know it was like that. And she says, I will do 
anything to protect these people and to make sure I, I do good by them. And then he says, but it like devolves from yeah. there. And by the end of it, he says, well, I guess the only thing I can do is wish you happy. And he puts on his pants and he's like, and also the curate, I guess I'm going to wish the curate happy. And she's like, what are you saying, sir? And he's like, I don't know. I know what's going to happen. Three years down the line, you're both going to be crushing on each other for the whole time. And then one of you is going to finally give in. And then like, you're going to be married forever after that. They like sort of and she, have a fight and like he fucks off and they're both mad at each other, which I love. She says, you're never, I am never going to be home to you. Like, you cannot call anymore. So good. And then he wipes her taste off his and mouth and walks away. <gasps> leaves the handkerchief and leaves. And I'm just gobbling it up like potato chips at this point. I'm so I'm here crying. for it. Oh, my God. I'm like, this. I, how is this book not over? How is this a romance? So, um, but then... This is when they find out James yeah, Russell yeah, yeah. gets there. Well, he's, or he's coming. coming. So, so they're like, she asked him. Oh, so like they're trying to help the maids like protect themselves. And um, Sheridan's like, gee, if only we knew somebody who was good at boxing, who could show us a thing or two. Like she keeps like dropping all these hints about like, hey, you need to get Theo back here. Like, let's reach out to him. Stupid. Like, mm -hmm. and she's like, well, we're not in that situation. And so we'll just have to make do with that. Yeah. So Mr. James Russell then, shows up with his wife and his. Well, wait, no, wait, I'm so sons. sorry. I'm so sorry, everybody. Wait, wait, what wait. What did I miss? I'm so sorry. So then he finds out that James Russell is coming. And so he calls on her to be like, I'm not here to rekindle right, anything. Right, I just want right. to help. And she's like, cool. Teach and my then, maids how to protect themselves. So then they collaborate and they spend a whole day together, like figuring out how the class is going to go and strategizing about how to convince the maids to like get serious about it. Then they have this whole self-defense class and he's like, she is just like a general and she's so hot right now. And like, I'm so deeply heartbroken and I'm never going to have her again and all these things during the self-defense class. They have like a moment and he says, you're a leader of women. And I always knew that. And then he walks away, and then James Russell arrives. I'm so sorry. That's fine. That was important. To say that out loud. That was very, very important. Yes, James Russell arrives with a wife and two sons. Holy and shit, he has sons. She starts feeling real bad because she realizes that by carrying out her plan, she is depriving these two boys of their inheritance. Innocent children. Right? And Mrs. Russell is like this woman who like. Oh eats a lot and she's doesn't miserable. talk a lot and is clearly miserable and like barely has opinions she's just and, been browbeaten for years yeah. and like oof, justice for mrs Ru mrs other mrs russell oh for sure and so she martha starts feeling real bad like this is i think the first time that she is feeling like maybe what she's doing isn't okay it's is deeply wrong yeah. which made me happy and, because like that was making me real uncomfy this whole, whole book yeah absolutely well and i like but again there is that she was so smart to put that wrinkle in there about him knowing how bad his brother was because like there's a moment at his grave where she's like yeah. i you know it might not have your blood and it might not have my blood but it will be raised a rustle and like it, it we will protect these people together and she's trying to make it work in her head and then while 
when he comes, she's done everything to like protect the maids. Right. But he comes to her door and he unlocks it and he's like, hey, I'm just going to sit by this door because I knew that you would protect everyone else, but not actually protect yourself, ma'am. Yeah. And and she's and like, he's... oh, well, maybe you should sit at the foot of the stairs instead. And he's like, nah, the footmen are all over it. And she's like, oh, well, thanks for asking them. And he's like, I didn't ask them. They just did it. <gasps> like the whole Oh, my God. And she's manner, like, there's the a community here. Like coming together. And then that gets her thinking because she has not had community here, but obviously there is one. And so she then is like, you know what? You can't do anything if somebody shines a light on it. So she starts writing to all of her people and she's like, I need you to know that this terrible thing happened forever ago. She gets Mrs. (gasps) Holman and Mrs. Somebody and Mrs. Somebody else. Yeah. Everybody shows up. The whole, all of the friends. And they call Mr. James Russell in. And he's like, humph, humph, humph. What is this? And they basically are just like, you will never be welcome here. We know what you did. You're a terrible person. (sighs) You will never, ever be able to live here comfortably. It's not going to happen. And we find out, I think we found out before this. He wanted to bring his mistress and like set up a new home here and basically leave his wife and kids like up in wherever he lived previously. And so they basically run him off, which is awesome. But then it gets better. Okay. So then that night, he's going to spend the last night at her door because they know James Russell is. Li- oh, I'm so sorry. At that meeting, Mrs. Weaver and Mr. Weaver get their say too. And it is delicious. Yes. Oh, it's delicious. Mr. Weaver's Mrs. Weaver like, is there and she's just like, oh. Mr. Weaver. Yeah, because Mr. Weaver's like, if I ever see your face again, I will punch it. And Mrs. Weaver goes, if I ever see your face again, I will stab you. I will cut your throat. I will go to jail and I won't even feel bad about it. And I was just like, I, I would die <sighs> for this woman. Fucking chef's kiss. Oh, it was so good. So the final night he's going to stand by her door. She says, will you get just come to bed with me. Like, I need this. I think you need this. And so they have this very, very sweet sex. And it's basically like goodbye sex for him. Well, it's like goodbye sex for both of them. Like, they both know it's the last time. He keeps telling her not to cry. And she doesn't realize that she's crying until he says that. And like, yeah, it's real sad. It's a whole thing. So in the morning, he goes, because this whole time he's been by her door, he's been telling her, stay the course. Right. You know, like, I know you feel bad for those kids, but like, stay the course. You're in it now. And she's like, but I have an idea. So that morning before Mr. Russell leaves, she goes to him and she's like, look, here's the deal. You are never going to be able to live here. I know you wanted to live here with your mistress. Here's the deal. I will go away. This baby that I have will disappear. You'll never hear from us again. Mm-hmm. You move your wife and sons down here. Let them live here. Do not bother them. You go mm-hmm. fuck off with your mistress in your hometown. Your boys can still mm-hmm. inherit. Your wife gets a break. You do not ever come back here. And he's like, deal. <gasps> so she tells everybody she had a miscarriage. 
And right after that meeting, she goes marching down to his house because she's like, oh, I'm going to get me a husband. Ooh, out. Ooh, and she gets there and he's left for London. And she <gasps> goes, what does she say? She's like, I should have checked with the husband before I assumed. Yeah. Like, she said my whole plan hinged on having a husband on the sidelines and now I don't has one. Uh, and like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So he's in London, but like he's not happy. He doesn't feel fulfilled anymore. And he's like, I'm just going to go back to that. Dairy. I'm going to turn it into a dairy. Like, I got to finish it. I think I've got to yeah, do like it. He's like feeling real bad. He's like, I came up with this idea and then just left. Like, I should be there to see it through. Like, it's going to be real bad real bad being so close to her but like i feel this commitment and this responsibility blah blah blah. so he goes home to his parents house and he marches in and he goes father i'm moving back to sussex and his dad's like and his father is so proud i had a feeling and he's like great and i'm making a dairy and the dad's like "Uh uh-huh and he goes and i'm getting married and the dad's like record scratch what Uh uh-huh and he says, I did seduce a, a widow, a lady. I got her in big, bad trouble. And, and the dad's is, like, and, and, you will never be welcome in any home in London again. And his sister's like, my home. He'll be welcome in my home. And also the rest of his, all yeah, of our homes, the, the rest of the family, like, we'll make it work. He's happy. We're thrilled about it. Um, so the dad's real grumpy. And the mom and the sister are both like, hell yeah. And he goes back to Sussex to figure it out. Yeah. And so she's there with her with two of her siblings because she's had to go to plan B and be like, I guess I am moving in with my siblings now. Fuck. And he gets there and Granville tells him about the sad, sad news of that lost baby. And so he he immediately rushes over there, bursts into the parlor, falls to his knees in front of her, embraces her. I'm so, so sorry. The brother and sister are like, who is this clown? What is happening? She's like, what are you so sorry about? He's like, the, 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 and she's like, no, no, that was, that was, it's fine. Everything's still there. They're like trying to have this conversation real quiet. And he's like doing a big confuse while he's also incredibly elated that, that their baby is still alive. And meanwhile, the brother is like, who are you? Do I need to shoot you? I'm going to shoot you. And the sister, are we dueling? The sister's like, calm down. This isn't like, I want to know what happens. She fully has opened a bag of popcorn. She's here for it. Oh, yes. And then she and then Martha looks over at him and she she says, stop making him think this family is crazy right when I'm about to ask him to join it. And then he looks at her and he's like, is that a proposal? And she's like, it is a proposal. And both of them are like, society will never be okay with it. And she's like, don't worry, everybody. My reputation is so good that they won't think anything happened before. They'll think he's trying to save me from being dependent upon my siblings. It's the fucking best. It's so good. And then the novel ends, which I love. Goodbye. We, there's Same. no epilogue. We don't find out if mm-hmm. the baby's a boy or a girl. When the, nope. Nothing. It just ends. And I was like, yes. Ah. Yes. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Yeah, this book. Wow, I had such mixed feelings. Oh, because we didn't tell them about the actual somnophilia that we were weird about. There is a time when he starts sleeping over at her house when he does wake her up with penetration. And she's like, what's going on here? And he's like, I mean, do you really want me to stop, though? And she's like, I guess not. 
And so, yeah, there's like, oh, there's like many times where I was like, I should be fundamentally not okay with yeah. this. And yet I am. There was explicit consent throughout the whole book, but it yeah. took very long throughout the book for it to become enthusiastic. And like, yes. that made me feel really weird. And like the whole like premise of like lying, like I'm going to get what I want. Like that made me feel really weird and like, okay, mm -hmm. this can't be how it ends. But then like, she has reasons, capital R reasons for doing this. Yes. And like, I support those reasons, but like, I like, how is this going to work itself out? And like, it did. Everything worked out super well. Oh, but yeah, it was, it was a journey reading this book. It was, it was. But Whoever five-star recommended it, Patricia, I think. Yeah, Patricia. Excellent. I've already bought the next book in the series. It's so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who's the next book about? Is it? Do we know them? Will. It's one of her brothers. It, oh, it, cool. It's about all of her family. It's like the Blackshear family. So Nice. I think Will is the soldier brother. Mm -hmm, maybe. Yeah. Wow. This book was so good. Um, do you have a lady love? I do have a lady love, which is yeah. my cold brew maker. Y'all, I drink a lot of iced coffee in the summer because A, iced coffee is delicious, mm -hmm. and B, I am very queer, and that is the beverage of the queers. Um, Liz knows what I'm talking about. Liz asks if nobody else will appreciate Absolutely. that. And I don't know if y'all know this, but an iced coffee at Starbucks these days is like $6. Yeah. And it's not very and good. A, and it's not very good. But I bought a cold brew maker, which is just a pitcher with a filter inside of it. Yeah. And vanilla syrup. <gasps> and y'all, it's amazing. Oh, my God. It's so good. And I just fill up the filter and put the water in it and leave it for a day and then have cold brew for like a week hell yeah it's it's my favorite hell yeah oh i love that that's great oh my gosh what is my lady love you know what my lady is love is stealing plants do a crime oh for plants <laughs> do a plant crime y'all yeah, doing bosoms where we recommend and endorse plant crime that's right Plant criminals is what we are. <laughs> yeah, no, do a crime for plants. Like it's it's fine. You other plant crimes could be spreading wildflowers yes. seeds around. That's an excellent plants crime. Mm. Um, potentially introducing native plants back into an area where they haven't been existing. That's a good mm -hmm. plants crime. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I'm just so pleased with myself, honestly. It's kind of a mess. <laughs> I'm like, just so pleased with myself. <laughs> I was telling my poor father-in-law about it, and he was just so mystified by my whole deal. It was so funny. Okay, Meredith, where can they find you? And also, oh. can they hire you? They can hire me. They can hire me for all of the things. They can hire you, listener. Now is an excellent time to commission any holiday gifts that yeah. you might like to commission, scarves or hats or sweaters or anything else. You can find me on the internet at m.haynes on Instagram. 
you can find me on in the cult. I do hang out in the cult. Mm-hmm. There and will you got shortly, an Etsy shop? I do have an Etsy shop. We are currently like doing a little bit of a relaunch, rebranding situation. Myself Ooh. and a couple of other artisan friends are doing a collab shop. So you'll be able to find all sorts of things there, not just me. So you can follow that at, at Fog and Honey on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you do other stuff. Don't you do like long distance meal planning and stuff? I do long distance meal planning and grocery shopping, um, like grocery lists and stuff. I do many different types of like virtual, like making your life better mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. You can hire me for pretty much anything you want. I'm awesome. available. I will put that in the show notes too, because yeah. I'm certain you can make somebody's life easier and better. Yes. Easier and better, y'all. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. All right. You can find Heaving Bosoms all the places. Instagram's probably my most active at Heaving Bosoms. However, listener, go follow us on TikTok because I'm on TikTok now and I'm doing the thing. I'm doing it. That's at Heaving underscore Bosoms. And I want you to follow me there, please. And thank you. And yeah, if you want to rate and review the podcast if you give us five stars you can recommend a book that we will definitely absolutely do and we don't have a choice about it which is it very might take exciting us four years but we will Quite. do it that's mm-hmm. the one yes we do not promise speed on that one no no again this was a 2019 recommendation yes. but it is coming true you can also <laughs> email us all your thoughts about um justice for that pig that the weavers have yes the amount of times where he was trying to block a, that pig from getting that in a pig door. just wanted to go inside. I had sensory memories, like, so vividly yeah. of pigs just trying to burst through things at me. Oh, it was so, it was so fun. Justice for that pig. <laughs> I love the pig. Um, but they can email us at heavingbosomspodcast heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. So, keep being a badass. Love yourself as much as um, Theo loved being tied up in the gold. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that was wowza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good.